now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. Hey, good people. Welcome to the uh, podcast, uh, Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. I am uh, your host, Sam Hurley. And am I joined this week by uh, the most generous of all the beautiful Labella woman, Stacey Early? How are you, Stacey? I'm great, thanks, Sam. <laughs> hey, and look at this fucking guy over here. It's a Machu. How are you, Machu? Uh, I'm a bit confused. I'm starting to wonder whether that's a better Italian um, accent than the one we saw in the movie from the, the main character, Vigo. What? It's a me, a Mario. <laughs> As you can see, the the movie we are doing is a green book. Oh, I can't keep this up. I need more beers if I'm going to do this. But yeah, as you guys see, the movie we're doing is Green Book, the latest Best Picture winner from the Oscars. Can Woo-hoo! you guys believe it? Yeah, that, that, I never thought that when I said to you the other day, let's do Green Book. Yeah. And I thought, that's oh, all right. It's all right. I'm kind of spoiling a little bit of hands here. But yeah, so for those guys at home who haven't seen the movie Green Book, wow, we're going to hit you with a plot. So what's the plot of the movie Green Book, Says? Okay, so Dr. Don Shirley is a world-class African-American pianist who is about to embark on a concert tour in the Deep South in 1962. In need of a driver and protection, Shirley recruits Tony Lip, a tough-talking bouncer from an Italian-American neighbourhood in the Bronx. Despite their differences, the two men soon develop an unexpected bond while confronting racism and danger in an era of segregation. That's a pretty accurate uh, plot there, I think. Yeah, yeah, where did you find this one? This isn't <laughs> our usual bullshit. On the internet, yeah, it's good. It sums it right up. Yeah, yeah. We found something good on the internet. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> So looking at the reviews for this movie, IMDb have it at a whopping 8.3 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes coming in at 79%. Metacritic, 69%. Machu, what would you give this as a score out of 10,000 pieces of KFC? Well, I think the Oscars obviously gave it 10,000 pieces of KFC (laughs) out of 10,000 pieces of KFC, but I'm not that generous, to be fair. I I like the movie, but I'm I'm down with the Metacritics, and I'm I'm around about 6,950 pieces of KFC. That's a lot of buckets. Pretty much my standard breakfast. What about you, Stace? Oh, yeah, I agree with Machu. I think this is a good, solid movie, and I'm giving it 7,000 pieces of KFC. I wish you'd give me 7,000 pieces of KFC. I thought you've had 7,000 in the last year. I reckon that's right on the limit. Yeah. <laughs> well, within the, like, this year, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I reckon you guys are being pretty generous. I don't think it's that good a film. I think it's about 6,012. Like, it's just enough for a recommend, but not enough to, you know, sing the praises emphatically about it. Like, it's a good film, sure. Is it great? No. Yeah, fair enough. So anyway, if you haven't heard this podcast before, what do we do? Is we review a movie by asking a 20-word and wonderful questions about it. So, one of the questions that we always start with is the compliment sandwich. Where we say one thing good and one thing bad and one thing good about this movie. I'm starting to think one thing bad about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this damn accent. Yeah. Well, let's stick to the, what we're really here for, say. So. Well, I'm trying to Vigo it. I'm trying to insert the most random Italian shit whenever I can and then just go back to normal accent, you know what? Yeah. So I guess um, for me, one thing good was the performance of the main, uh, of Don Shirley, character, I forget his name. Mahashala Ali. Mahashala 
Mahashala Ali, yep. I liked him in Luke Cage when he played Cottermouth, and I liked him again here, and I just thought he was, it was a standout performance. I think he deserved it. I thought it was really good. And one thing bad, I didn't like the gay scene. It was weird. It just came out of nowhere, and I yeah. thought it was unnecessary. And they obviously wanted to say that he was gay in the movie, and they said it in a really weird way. Like, they, you know, had to get caught out by police, and it had to be a big drama scene. So I thought that was a bit unnecessary. The other thing good about this film that I quite liked, and I'm not sure if everyone else agrees, was nothing really happened, and I kind of enjoyed that. Like, you, <laughs> there was this building, like, something's going to happen, you know, is Don Shirley going to get shot, or is um, something really explosive going to happen down south? Nothing really happened. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I like that and I, I kind of hate the way that a lot of these movies get dramatised and that, that Hollywood let's raise the stakes everything and let's emphasise everything but in this case it was kind of flat all the way through and, and I kind of enjoyed that yeah. I think that's a good quality of this movie I mean I just think my first good thing is this is just a good solid movie you know to watch like there's yeah that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but they focused on things like the music and the, quali- the uh, different qualities other yeah. than um, what we're normally seeing with death and exactly. love scenes and all this yeah. other stuff. Yeah. It was more Kiwi. Like, they were just chilling. They were just driving around in the car and, you know. <laughs> eating KFC. Eating KFC. And <laughs> Having some good chats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Very cruisy. So, as we've all been treated to this so far in the podcast, if you're lucky enough or unlucky enough to watch this movie with Sam, you get treated to an what? impersonation of Tony after almost every line. Hey, what are you fucking talking about, yeah? <laughs> exactly. So that was the bad thing for me is Sam's impressions, I think, made that character seem more annoying than he probably is if you're just watching it. Final good thing is I just thought that Dolores was sweet. She was just such an adorable character. Tony, that's Tony's wife. She's at home with the kids. She's happy as. She was great in every scene and she was just lovely person. And it would have been nice to have more of her in the movie. Fair enough. For me, admittedly, you know, the the truth has come out, and what they apparently weren't that close, and all that sort of stuff. And there's you know stories going around. But in the, in terms of the film world, you sort of buy the relationship between the two of them. Like they start off on sort of like, oh, I don't want you, you don't want me, blah blah. But then as it goes on, they actually sort of grow a bit of a bond and all that sort of stuff. I sort of thought that was awesome, but at the same time, there's a bad thing. A lot of these scenes play out like trash. There's a lot. Of, <laughs> there's a lot of scenes that you're like, what the hell. Great example of that was when we watched, we literally finished watching this about two minutes before we recorded this. And the, one of the final scenes I remember was when they're in the bar and Doc Shirley's like, you know, playing on the fucking piano and all this other stuff. And then it just cuts to a shot of Vigo and he's just like, <laughs> it's like why is that in there? Why have we got this shit in there? Like, it's just so. Because they're just hanging out. That's what really hit us. Yeah. Really <laughs> we get a. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a lot to be said in that scene actually I found that um, that scene really important in the movie because they had just been kicked out of the restaurant where Doc wasn't allowed to dine and they were recommended oh just go down the street to this other place and he's like nah stuff that but they made the choice to go in there they chose to go in there that's good they're doing things on their own terms then when she said why don't you play something he played his classical music he didn't just go up there straight away and play something that the audience would like he was stayed true to himself but then he played something the audience would like of his own choosing (laughs) nobody said you must play little richard you know (laughs) or whatever you're right like he just got up there and started playing his own classical music yeah Mm. 
Back to your what last one thing good. Oh yeah, my last one thing good. Mahershala Ali. He was amazing. He absolutely deserved the best supporting actor at the Oscars. And it's a shame that this movie was more about Vigo and not more about him because... I would have liked to have seen that character play out fully. Like, he's a legitimate rose for the ranks to become the one of the best pianists in the world. He's decided to travel around the Deep South where people don't, wouldn't normally listen to his music. Mm. And like they say in the film, he's forgoing all this money, you know, playing yeah. back in New York and all that sort of stuff to go travel around the South and play his music. I want more of that story. And and more of his existing relationships, like his record company people, his brother who he doesn't talk to anymore. But it would have been just interesting to see some people he had existing relationships. We didn't see that. Yeah. Spoiler, so, spoiler, he does talk to his brother all the time. <laughs> According to the family. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And it comes back to this controversial. That's true. So, so, yeah, no, I agree. Like, he wasn't the star of this. He wasn't. Mm. Yeah, well, I, mean, I can say it like, left you wanting more from him. And it's, it's good when a movie can do that. And so that moves us on to question number two, which is a Patreon question for the Princess Slam of $5 a month. You get to throw your questions into our first 10 questions. And this question comes courtesy of, oh, the guy I'd like to take on a road trip and eat KFC with, Mr. Phil Joinson. Phil would like to know what, Stacey Hurley? What item from this film would you want or definitely not want to be? We see Tony win a hot dog eating competition. We also see uh, Tony Lip eating a, a whole pizza, folding it up in one hand and eating it like it's a sandwich. So I would definitely not like to be Tony's belt. Oh, that's a good answer. That yeah, is a good fat one. piece of lard. He's eating in pretty much every scene, I think, in he, the movie. He got a whole bucket of chicken for himself. Yeah, yeah. Even even Sam was proud. Oh, yeah. And, and he, the piece he gave to Doc was the tiny little yeah, he gave, um, drumstick. He gave him a leg. What are you doing? That's a shit I do to Stacey. Yeah. Yeah, I got you a piece of chicken, babe. Oh, here's, cool. here's the wing. Yeah, yeah. If only he gave him a wing. Yeah, oh. wing's even worse. It's funny you mentioned that. Like, as much as you don't want to be his belt, I don't want to be his lungs. If he's not eating, he's smoking. <laughs> he's going Everywhere. through ciggies like no one's business. I do not want to be that guy's lungs. Yeah, he's not really the picture of health, is he? Nah, so what have you got? I think that I would want to be the car that they're driving around Ooh. in. I don't know what kind of car it is, but it seems kind of cool and it's going on a good road trip. It's pretty fucking cool, that car. Yeah. <laughs> what what yeah. kind of car is it? Is it? They didn't mention. They a cool just, car. <laughs> it's just one that the record company hired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, question number three: What deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? Look, I'm a man of culture and taste, and Tony Lip says, "You know, you got to have KFC in Kentucky," and that made me think: Does KFC taste better in Kentucky? <laughs> That's what I want to know. And I need to prove the shit. Everyone knows how much of a KFC addict I am. I need to taste KFC in Kentucky to see if it's the best KFC. Mm. <laughs> and you'd know because you've had it from everywhere else in the world. I've had so it from at least 40 different compare, countries. Compare. I feel like this uh, podcast was also, also an advertisement for KFC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Currently a KFC in New Zealand, hot and spicy popcorn chicken. It Get it while you can. I do need to reach out to KFC for sponsorship, <laughs> eh, I reckon. What about you, Says? I just would like to know. I was thinking the whole time why would they go on this tour why would they go to these places where they know it's going to be difficult yeah sure he has to make a living and he's obviously getting paid well to do what he does but i don't know just 
Didn't, they, they didn't suggest anything in the movie as to why they had to do this tour. Yeah, there was no real noble cause. And it was just I, like, oh, we're going on tour. Okay. And like I why? said before, like the band even said you could have got paid more if you'd stayed in New York or something oh, like that. Yeah, exactly. They did yeah. in the near the end there. Yeah. There's no like noble cause. It's not like oh, I need to enlighten the masses or spread my music or you know what I mean. It's, yeah, or I'm going to build my, my record company's making me do this. You know what I mean? There's none of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was just interesting, really. Not very philosophical. No, that's cool. It's a deep question. Good on you. Yeah, I guess... <laughs> I always worry when you start off with laughing. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I was um, a little bit disappointed in the movie when they went through Pittsburgh and there wasn't any focus on the, the Titsburg. <laughs> And I was sitting there thinking, are, they, are, are the tits bigger in Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh? Or- <laughs> <laughs> Can we go back? Can we go back to that scene? <laughs> good one, much you, good one. Let's just on to question number four. Which character from this film just clearly needs to get laid? Well, I've already talked about her and I just think it's just Dolores. She's just so sweet and lovely at home cooking meals for her husband and she deserves it. Yeah, that was one of my answers and my next one was probably the Don. I mean, he sits there getting on the piss every night, watching <laughs> yeah, his true. mates hooking up with uh, um, young yeah. other girls. Girls and um, yeah, he just he, he's got a problem. That's why he sneaks out to the YMCA and uh, and deals <laughs> <Yeah>. with it. <laughs> yeah. But he really, really needs to get laid. I'm going to go with the Russian band member. You guys need to think about this. This was like right after 1950s. If you're a commie, you know you're going to get kicked out of the country. Blah blah. blah. The Americans hated the Russians and the like. The Cold War wasn't over. How is that guy getting laid? He didn't have a problem down at the pool with a couple of young ladies. I don't remember that scene. I think was that the one I was sleeping through. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Well, they're late. Sam hasn't watched this movie. (laughs) (laughs) But still, he was a commie in the you know the commie hating era of America. So yeah, I reckon him. I reckon he probably needs to get laid. I reckon he just goes up to girls and goes, "Howdy, partner." What in his Russian accent? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dozvidanya, ladies. I am just like you. Oh my goodness. Okay, let's move on. Question five. What thing about this movie did you notice that you don't think other people may have immediately noticed? That uh, we had our first black don. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, there's a few Italian dons out there. But we had Don Shirley, the don of piano playing. And of course, we had his Italian mate looking after him the whole time. And I think it was pretty obvious. Don being protected by an Italian. The don. Yeah, that's, oh, that's good. That's good. I, I reckon people probably have noticed this, but Mahashala Ali won the Best Supporting Actor, right, for playing mm-hmm. a piano player. Rami Malek won Best Actor for playing Freddie Mercury, who's also a pianist. Mm. Interesting. Possibly the first time in Oscar history that two pianists and real people won Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor. Mm. That is interesting. I also noticed the price of KFC. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> it was quite a musical Oscar. It was like $1. thirty-five for a pack of... <laughs> Jesus Christ. There is a- Move yeah. on. <laughs> What about you, Stace? This movie was called The Green Book, and we saw the reason why he was handed a green book at the start of the tour, which tells you where coloured people are allowed to stay. But there were also some other green items in the movie. The car that they drove was like a bluey green colour. 
Yep. And the stone, the lucky stone that Tony allegedly stole or picked up off the ground was also green. It was a jade colour stone. Holy shit, there's that some he symbolism. Took yeah. So they threaded the green theme throughout the movie. And I was just wondering, is this a nod to the shape of water? Where green was a was a strong theme colour. And, and they both won Best Picture. Yes. And it was a similar theme about the other and segregation and being accepted and all of that kind of thing. That's interesting. Was, yeah, so that's, that's was, so was Green call. Book trying to live up to the shape of water? I don't know. That's really good. And speaking of Patreon questions, this question comes courtesy of Emily Higgins, the wonderful host of the Tasteless Podcast, a podcast in which she compares a movie that everyone hates and she thinks is awesome and one that everyone likes and she thinks is meh, it's alright. So anyway, what is question number six, Machu? Question number six. What film would be the best or worst to watch as a double feature with this film? I'm going to go with another Best Picture nominee from this year. I think it might be the best and the worst, which is Black Klansman. Because this film sort of showed, hey, you know, look, black and white people can get along. You know, they find something in common and, you know, it's all good sort of thing. Black Klansmen, they did not have that message whatsoever. It was like, <laughs> black and white can get along, but look, all the racist shit that was happening back in the 60s and 70s, yeah, it's still happening. Mm, absolutely. I thought this movie would be quite good to watch with Django, because there was nothing really happening in this, in this film, and there was a shitload of stuff happening in that film. <laughs> the, the contrast, <laughs> maybe if they had to combine them together and crossed over a little bit something yeah something happening in both movies the down south <laughs> big shootout at the end of um the green book <laughs> tony vanilonga and uh don shirley back to back i think the double feature is green book in the shape of water mm. oh yeah mm. getting a lot of mileage out of that uh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's just those two that that previous question made me think of the shape of water and then i thought well yeah like both both best picture winners the shape of water in my opinion far superior to green book Ooh, so you probably want to watch controversial. Green, green book first and then ramp up to the shape of water mm. and that moves us on to question number seven one of our fan favorites what quote from this film would be the worst to hear straight after you finish having sex tell me that doesn't smell good <laughs> It's actually the part where Tony passes the Donna a piece of chicken, but imagine saying that. Oh, yeah. Hey, tell me it doesn't smell good. <laughs> Mine is another line from the great and wonderful Tony. He goes, never show your wad of cash in a bar. Mmm. Mm. Never show that wad. Never show that yeah. <laughs> wad of cash in a bar. Straight after you've had sex, implying that maybe that's the only reason. <laughs> Here's mine. Titsburg was a complete disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Good quotes. Question eight How would you incorporate Nicolas Cage into this movie? Yeah, I could, I could see Nicolas Cage rolling up to. Don Shirley and telling him to go and take a piss in the outhouse, eh? Oh, true. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, you can't eat just there, but there's there's a space underneath the steps where you can have a little... <laughs> you can't stand up under there, but, um, yeah, you can have some food. I can imagine him in, all dressed up with a smile on his face, telling him to get outside. Yeah. <laughs> Knead on his hands and knees. I'm picking up when you're putting down. I can imagine him as a real racist cop. Just like a really <laughs> racist Nick Cage cop. So one of the cops that arrested them in the station. Yeah, one of those cops. Just a real... and laughing and having a coffee. And just for you, the one that Vigo Mortensen punches in the face. Oh, I had yeah. that one as well. There you go. The one that Vigo punches right in the jaw. I know yeah, you'd love that, Stacey. Yeah, that'd be awesome. 
Okay, I'm thinking similar lines to you guys. I think he should have played the waiter in the restaurant in Birmingham where he wasn't allowed to dine in the dining room with all the white folk. And he tried to bribe Tony to make him play. Oh, shit. That's a good call. He's a bad guy. He's a villain in every oh, scenario. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a s- small part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One scene and gone. Yeah. yeah. Moving on to question nine. What flavor pizza do you think this movie is? I think we've all got the same answer. That's right. It's like an Italiano Supreme or something. Like, oh, the pepperoni and the salami. A yeah. super, super Italian pizza, which I'm pretty sure I speak from all of Italy. <laughs> it's a margarita. Oh, yeah. In Italy, I was like, what the fuck? Less is more. All I wanted was meat and shrimps on my pizza. They're like, what the hell? Seafood. Yeah. So it was definitely a pizza with nothing on it. Margarita. Very delicate flavors. And obviously um, fried chicken on top. A couple True. of bits of KFC. Shit, KFC gets a few plugs in this podcast. Yeah. Like a pizza with nothing on it for a movie where nothing happens. I don't know, true. Nothing much. That's so good. That as makes sense. As long as you can fold it up with one hand and eat it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throw the bones out the window. Yeah. Yeah, my pizza was fried chicken. Just a fried chicken. No, fried just, chicken and bread. Yeah, fried chicken and bread. That's about, that's all I can eat when I go to KFC at the moment. Fair enough. No fair salad. Enough. And talking about Patreon questions, the last one comes courtesy of Julio of the Contrarians podcast, a podcast in which they rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine where they argue against whatever Rotten Tomatoes has this film rated as. So he wants to know, what is our most controversial opinion about this film? There's a lot of controversy, uh, controversy related to this film because the film was written from Tony Vallelonga's um, son's point of view based on letters that Tony Vallelonga has, has written and the fact that they didn't talk to the family at all. So there's already controversy. My, my yeah. feeling is that, like, so what? Like, this is a story. <laughs> this is a story that someone told and it was that good it was made into a film. That, okay, it's factually inaccurate that's being exposed. I don't think that Don Shirley was depicted in a really bad way. You know, it was a, it was a nice story and I, I enjoyed watching it. I think there's some some small things that could have made the film better, yes, but actually it was still a good film and I don't think that the, the attention it's receiving is necessarily warranted. It's just the movie. I strongly agree with everything you've just said. I agree. It's just a movie. Yeah, and so, it's, it's funny because like, you look at any historical biopic or whatever, like 25% of it might be true, you know what I mean? Like, like Most of it's just made up. Like you, you look at something like Braveheart, you think that fucking played out the exact same way? That- <laughs> <laughs> William Wallace was actually about six foot six and Mel Gibson's, what, five foot three or something. <laughs> Oh, when he's wearing heels. <laughs> and and he, it was a big redhead that um, wielded this huge sword. And, he, you know, he's an actual big giant. Okay, so my controversial opinion is Green Book is a Christmas movie. What? Much much along the same lines as Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> oh. She's got you there, Sam. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Don't you throw Die Hard back in my face. All those Christmas things where you always bring up Die Hard. <laughs> now you've got Green, Green Book. Book. <laughs> exactly. God damn it. The roles have been reversed. Well done, <laughs> Stacey Hurley. You've played me well in my own game. Uh, my most controversial opinion, Viggo Mortensen probably shouldn't be nominated for Best Actor. Hmm. Well, it's hard to tell when you were acting out the entire movie for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. I could hardly focus on what, what Vigo was actually doing. <laughs> Some of the delivery was good. I mean, the accent aside, the delivery, you know, when he slapped that guy in the face, like, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It's quite different to a lot of his other roles. So, you know, I always think it's interesting when 
actors do lots of different kinds of roles and lots of different kinds of movies. You know, it shows yeah, they've got yeah, a yeah. bit of interest and range in what they can like, do. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think his performance is fine. Like, I reckon it was mm. a good performance or whatever. But like, Ethan Hawke in First Reformed mm. or Nicolas Cage in Mandy, they were amazing. They were amazing. Yeah, yeah I know. Look at that face. <laughs> Death stares oh. from Stacey. Stacey <laughs> Nicholas Cage, best actor. Death stares instantly. <laughs> no, Nicholas Cage was amazing, Mandy. I think Vigo's for this. Meh, whatever. It's not like in fifty years' time, people are going to look back and go, "Oh my god, can you believe that guy's performance?" Like they do. Yeah. You know, you look at Jack Nicholson and shit like that, and Robert De Niro and stuff. They got nominated for these roles. And you're like, "Fuck, these guys were amazing." Like they mm. carried an entire movie. Question eleven. A celebrity odd couple to go on a road trip together. I had a lot of answers written down here, but the one that that strikes a chord with me, given some of the themes that we've raised through this movie, was uh, Foghorn Leghorn and uh, Colonel Sanders. (laughs) 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 They drive through Kentucky. Your days are numbered, Foghorn Leghorn. (laughs) How do you beat that? Yeah, wow. I'm not even trying. I'm looking at my answers. I'm like, nothing beats that. So I'm going to go with Nicolas Cage. And she's she's a celebrity in her own right. The star of movie reviews and twenty Qs, Stacey Hurley. Oh, oh, I would love to see Nicolas what? Cage and Stacey Hurley together in a car together, oh. driving through the deep south. That might be the new chip leader there. Because <laughs> for gingers, it'd be this is sun up town. No gingers. We don't want skin cancer around here. So like vampires. Yeah, pretty much. Oh dear. Okay, no, that answer is wrong, Sam. Moving right along. Next question. Say you you were on a road trip of New Zealand. What are the top three towns that you should avoid? Okay, first of all, Auckland. Just purely because, hey, oh shit, this is only like a three mile drive. Cool, I'll, I'll do that in like, what, five minutes, ten minutes? Nah, bro. It's going to take at least four and a half hours. <laughs> You can't get anywhere in Auckland. Next up on the places you shouldn't visit in New Zealand, I'm going to go with my hometown, Te Aumuru. Ooh, number two. Mm. That's that's low on the list, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, it's a good old town. I'm just fucking taking the piss. And number one is wherever Machu is currently living. (laughs) (laughs) Ten minutes down the road from you, buddy. So, yeah, I had Auckland at number three. Yeah, the traffic problem. But actually, the fact that there's been 250 Code Browns in the last six months. (laughs) Code Browns is uh, another word for taking a shit in a public pool. Um, 250? Yeah, 250 knowing oh, Code that's Browns. That's low these days. That's... No, that's insane. <laughs> and, I, I, and actually, I also have Te Aumutu as number two on the list. Te Aumutu is a number two, so you reckon? Sam, Sam Hurley's hometown. So apart from being the, the STD capital of New Zealand, um, recently they've had a naked urinating sex pest on the loose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've got to do something at the weekends, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and lastly, pretty much any town in the South Island, given the, oh. their propensity for getting naked in any instance, but actually, um, in particular, Tamaru. There is... As there is a maniac on the loose stabbing miniature ponies. You sick bastards. <laughs> Stacey's got to do something on the weekend. Where do you find this news? Well, <laughs> this um, news, otherwise known as uh, fake news, <laughs> is on the hundred sh- hundred top 100 shittest towns in New Zealand. Oh. This comes courtesy of the MNN News Network, the Machu News Network. <laughs> And obviously the best place to live is anywhere within a three kilometre radius of myself. (laughs) So thanks for narrowing the itinerary for future road trips, New Zealand. So what would be a good theme song for this movie? 
Ice Cube, fuck the police. <laughs> fuck the police coming straight from the underground. You uh, mean NWA? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, NWA, yep. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I struggled with this one. The only other songs that came to mind was it something from Michael Jackson, like Ebony and Ivory. How have it's you black, managed to... white. <laughs> you managed to screw both my answers there, bud. <laughs> Ebony and Ivory is perfect for this movie. Side by side together on the piano in perfect harmony. It's perfect. It's not Michael Jackson, you moron. It's Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. Shit. I did get that wrong. But Michael Jackson did black and white. (laughs) Yeah, black and white. Which was my backup answer. Oh, you fucking asshole. What do you got? Hey, settle down, you guys. Things are getting more out of control as we go. I wonder why. (laughs) That moves us on to Sam. Cool. So in this film, as we've discussed, we have Tony Lip, one point... uh, Doc Shirley tries to say, you know, how do we uh, come up with a better last name for you? And he goes, hey, just call me Tony Lip. But what about you guys? What would be your body part names that you have for yourself? Machu the Head. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And and in in my head, it would be like Machu the Brain, because I come up with, I'm a problem solver (laughs) by nature. But actually, everyone knows that I'm a serial sunglasses breaker and... uh, (laughs) A real head collar, collar stretcher. <laughs> what do you got, Stace? I'm going with freckles because that's Stacey what people, Freckle. People, yeah, people used to hassle me about freckles when I was at primary school. Freckle face. Hey, <laughs> Stacey Fricks. Yeah, that was a good one. That's kind of cute, Stacey Freckles. I want to take my, <laughs> I want to take my answer back. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to become Machu Nip? <laughs> okay, so moves us on to my next question. Viggo Mortensen very famously played Aragorn in the Lord of the Rings films, in which he was quite the warrior. But Tony in this, he's also quite the warrior. I don't see a single person land one punch on them. So come on, guys, if Tony, Tony Lip and Aragorn were going to have a fist fight, who would win? I think it's got to be Tony. <laughs> Because he... Wow. <laughs> wow. Someone hasn't seen Lord of the Rings in some time, have they? No, well... There's I... no right or wrong answers, Stacey. It's all your opinion, but... Well, I... hey. you're right, actually. I can't remember Lord of the Rings. Even if he was tough, does he... Unless he has magical powers... He's got a magical sword, arrogant, Aragorn, but he's not... it's a fist fight. Arrogant. Arrogant. Aragorn, yeah. Look... Aragorn fights huge demons and dominates them. And, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure a slap in the face would um, really <laughs> would really hurt Aragorn or even worry him that much. He's gone to, to battle against thousands and thousands and thousands upon thousands of orcs and gremlins and, and dragons and um, and mermaids. And Tony rushed into a fight with um, one person or two people. Yeah. And um, Aragorn's taken on the, the living dead and That's demons. True. Okay. <laughs> In a fantasy realm. <laughs> yeah, what about in the deep south though? You, yeah, you take yeah. him out of the out of that world and put him in the deep south. I don't south. know if he would have got Don um, Shirley as piano. He would have. Nah, been to... he's not that sort of dude, is he? Nah. <laughs> okay, final question from me: Which character from this film would win Survivor? I think it's Doctor Shirley's assistant. Back at his house, you know, the guy who calls them in for the interview. Oh, the real unassuming dude. Yeah, Yeah, because it's never the main person. Like, there's always the main people with the big personalities and you think they're going to win because, you know, they take up screen time. They always get voted out at the last minute and then someone unassuming who's just floating around in the background takes it out. Cool. What about you, Machu? Just freaking Tony would win, eh? <laughs> he's like a big Homer. He's a, everyone loves him. Who, who doesn't like Homer? You know, he's just a big, lovable guy that, you know, he hangs around in the background and oh, I think he wouldn't, you know, no one would vote him off. And then when, if he got down to the last two, he'd be the one. Fair right. enough. Cool. And that moves us on to Machu's questions. Question number 17. Is this the world's most depressing road trip movie? 
I don't think there's much more depressing than uh, going away with your family on a little road trip and then having your tyres blow out and then having mutant people eat your entire family and kill them. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with The Hills Have Eyes. I think that's probably the most depressing road trip movie that you can think of. I don't think it's the most depressing. It just seems it's not, it's not a comedy Basically, yeah. it's, it's not like get normal. him to the Greek. Like, no. you know, that's the type of road trip movie we normally see. Get him to the Greek, or you know, or, or the movie Road Trip horror movies. If you look at it from the perspective of the people that are involved in it, everything that's happening in the movie is like the worst shit happening to them. But we're just laughing at their misfortune. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a different way to look at it. <laughs> Anywho, question number eighteen. Australia is one of the most dangerous places I've ever been. You know, like um, there's so many things that'll kill you. There's sharks, there's crocodiles, and all the people are convicts. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is the deep south of America even more dangerous than Australia? I'm going to say no. I reckon, sure, there's a whole bunch of people in the deep south and probably the outback Australia that want to kill you. But you're right. Like, the outback of Australia is fucking deadly, man. That's like extreme temperatures, you know, no one around for miles, no petrol stations, nothing like that. You break down in the middle of outback Australia, you're fucked. Um, the guys in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert broke down in the middle of nowhere and they were fine. <laughs> Don't know how to break this to you. Not a doco. Not a documentary. Yeah, well, neither is this. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go the opposite. I'll say, yes, the Deep South is more dangerous in Australia because... I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Because there's towns Cause, you can't go into after. T- yes, because there's towns you can't go where you can't go outside after dark. That's um, crazy, eh? Because I don't think New Zealand's ever had that. Yeah, yeah, like you literally can't go into a place after a certain time. Otherwise, you're just like, we're we, sorry, the members of the public will probably kill you. <laughs> it's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Question number 19. During the film, Don Shirley in the movie, he was this classical pianist. He was gay. He was a black man living in racist times. And he was just treated differently wherever he went. And in this film, he went down south. So he's treated differently by the people he was with and also by the people he met down there. So have you ever been treated differently from your peers? And how have you tried to fit in? So New Zealand used to have a national quiz. It was like Test the Nation or whatever, where you, everyone sat down, watched like the main news channels. And it, it was an IQ test, right? So me, Spanky has been on the show. Two of our mates, Cameron and Morgan. We sat down and did Test the Nation. The next night at rugby practice, we were all sitting there and everyone was talking about it. They're like, hey, did you guys all do Test the Nation? Oh, yeah, what'd you get? Oh, I got like heat strong. I got like an IQ of like 90 or I got an IQ of 100. And we were all just sitting there. And then I think it was Cameron. I don't know if it was Cameron or Morgan. Pointed at Spanky and goes, Spanky only got six wrong. To which Spanky replied, Sam only got one wrong. <laughs> and it was like the rugby locker room just all took three like shifts to the left and left me sitting there like I'd just been diagnosed with like some sort of contagious disease no one wanted to talk to me they're like you got one wrong I was like yeah yeah there's one question I got wrong and they're like what the fuck is wrong with you bro I was like I don't know poppy syndrome is alive and well in New Zealand (laughs) exactly they absolutely hate it when you succeed here in New Zealand if you look like you're doing well everyone wants to bring you back down to their level so that was it I, I didn't fit in for ages it took me weeks before they'd even like invite me out on the piss or anything <laughs> you smart motherfucker that was it, that was it. how dare you get one question wrong 
So at high school, I was really a good student and I liked to participate and always like answer questions when the teacher, you know, put out a question to the classroom. No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so after a while, people started hassling me about this, so I had to not always want to put my hand up and answer the questions. I love how I'm screaming nerd, but I just admitted I got one wrong yeah, and an exactly. IQ test. <laughs> but I think yours is a bit different, like you're just intelligent, whereas I was just enthusiastic. I wasn't always <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, so you just wanted to... I just to, wanted to have, say my opinion or whatever. You just wanted to have a chat and have yeah. an opinion, and now yeah. you're doing a podcast. Yeah, funny how things work out. <laughs> <laughs> See, I guess for me, it's, I'm probably well known for being late to... Like, <laughs> <laughs> my my punctuality Everything. skills are not the greatest, and and I feel like I've been treated differently. <laughs> There is, you know, I turn up to things and people say, where have you been? It's been ages. You said you'd be here years ago. And I'm like, well, you know, this is this is me. This is who I am. And, and I get treated differently. I, I'm made to drink beers as soon as I get in the room. Oh, having a go. <laughs> Listeners, listen, we legitimately and tell Machu when a party's going to be two hours earlier than when the party is going to be. And he still shows up two hours late. And I get treated differently, team. I get treated differently. <laughs> you know, I really... You know, me and me and Don Shirley share this <laughs> share this intimate link of being treated differently. <laughs> it's sure. you're always playing catch up. That's and, your problem. And me and him yeah. are the same. You know, I turn up with a smile on my face to try and fit in. <laughs> I have a few beers. <laughs> I take away everyone's poker money on my way oh, home. Shut up. Let's <laughs> not talk about poker night. And that moves us down to question number 20, the listener question, in which we reached out to you guys to give us your answers, and we've got some great answers. But before that, we're going to hear ours so we don't steal your own. So, a lot of controversy surrounding this film. Some even saying this is the worst Best Picture winner since Crash. I wouldn't go that far, but yeah... Mm, anywho Crash was shit Crash was Yeah Crash was abysmal But the question is Who do you guys reckon Should have won Best Picture Can literally pick any film What I I think is interesting About this year's Oscar nominees For the Best Picture Was that finally Movies that people Actually like uh, Making it into the list Like Black Panther And I I thought that was That was the one for me I wish that one won Finally Like a Just a generic Action film That was Didn't make you know, it was quite interesting, but didn't make a lot of sense. You know, not too artsy. I'm sick of these artsy films always winning. I wish, <laughs> I wish Commando won. That's what I just wish it was. <laughs> so Black Panther, that's the one I, I wanted to win. What about you, Stace? I'm just going to go with Roma because everyone, it was, it was great. It was a well-made film and it was very artsy, probably. Macho wouldn't have liked it or liked it to win. But it just seemed like you, when you were watching it, even if you don't know anything about movies, you can see that it's well-made and interesting and different from other movies that you've seen. So I think it's always good. People who go out of the box and try something different, it's good yeah. to reward them. Yeah, I'm going to echo your sentiment, Stacey. I reckon Roma should have won Best Picture. Story through to cinematography, through to acting and everything like that. It was just phenomenal. It's just a phenomenal movie. And it's a movie I reckon people will be talking about for a long time. I got Honourable mention, though, to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I thought that was great. Did it get Best Picture? No, it didn't even I mean, get nominated, nominated for Best Picture. Oh. It, w- it won, did win an Oscar for something, didn't it? Yeah, it one nomi- best animated. Yeah, best animated. And that was that was not a film that you were dragged along to see. That wasn't no. a like that wasn't a film that was like someone had taken a shit and shoved it in, into the screen. There you go, Nick, who's playing along at home trying to get the uh, movie reviews twenty Q's bingo. It wasn't a porn parody. It- no. <laughs> there you go, Bud. Which thought would tick off the movie reviews and twenty Q's bingo for you? I'm pretty sure it ticked off all the others. Agent of Princess. Oh, I hope so. 
So yeah, that was our answers. What about you guys? What did you guys reckon were the films that should have won Best Picture at the Oscars? So throwing it over there to Twitter and all the answers we got on there. First up, Gidget Von LaRue. For me, it was Can You Ever Forgive Me? I loved it. <laughs> oh, oh, me and Stacey weren't she, fans, she were we? would have hated my answer on my Oscars. Yeah. Episode. Julio from The Contrarians. Paul from the Countdown Podcast face when he sees me nominate Life Itself. Have not seen Life Itself, but uh, given how much people are hating on it, yeah, probably not for me. No comment. <laughs> no comment. No one's seen it. And talking about Paul from the Countdown Podcast, he said, I know you don't like it that much, Sam, but any film that can make me get back on board the derailed Tom Cruise train is legendary in my mind. Mission Impossible Fallout for the win. Ha ha ha. Can you imagine if it did win? There'd be riots inside the Academy ranks. Wow. That's an out, outside the box pick, I think. It's a bold call. And I it hate is. to shit on a movie that was partially filmed in New Zealand, but it's, mm, come on, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a well-produced movie, you know what I mean? Colby Mack, he basically said, if Beale Street could talk. Film he gave 10 out of 10, hashtag Colby told me. As he said, the most hard-gripping and wrenching essential black love story of this decade. Artistically adapted, gorgeously written, expertly acted, and mesmerizingly scored. Mm. Wow, that should be written in some fancy New York Times (laughs) paper to, you know, that was some eloquently put articulate um, analysis of that movie. There was some Doc Shirley writing a letter home to someone else's wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Falling in love with you is the easiest thing I've ever done. <laughs> Over to Daniel from the IMDb Journey podcast, who recently had me on to do a pod versus pod versus pod, basically pod gangbang, and one of us came out on top of the pod gangbang. Were you the bottom? Who no, was the bottom? I was on top, man. I own. Who was the bottom? I, oh, Billy. Billy from We Watch The Thing. Poor Billy got dominated. I don't think he's walking the same. (laughs) So Daniel said, I mean, if we're talking about my favourite 2018 film, I would have said Searching, but on the Oscars kind of mentality of Best Picture, I keep thinking Black Landsman. I love you there, Daniel. It's a fucking awesome Mm. film. Meh. (laughs) It was all right. Controversial opinion. Searching, was that the one we watched that was like, oh, I see. Yeah. That was really interesting. Agreed. Over to Emin Miller Film Reviews. Blind spotting. I haven't seen blind spotting. No, neither. It's like train spotting. <laughs> Slightly different thing. Maybe just a little bit different. He wasn't the only one that said it too. There was another one here from Short and Sweet Film Reviews that said blind spotting is the best film of 2018. Is it where that guy plays um, American football? Gets adopted by. That's Blindside, bro. That was like <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> Good work in keeping up with the times. Over to Tara Mahalik, one of our other patrons and just an all-round awesome human being. She said, I'm not qualified to make a good suggestion, but I enjoyed Into the Spider-Verse more than any uh, any of the other five 2018 movies I saw. Ha 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 ha. Wow, she saw five movies in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Tara. Congrats, Tara. The You Watch, I Listen podcast. Hereditary or Won't You Be My Neighbour? Oh, I haven't seen Won't You Be My Neighbour, but no, Hereditary. Good. It's really good. Hereditary should have been up there for something, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like Hereditary was just unfairly ignored, basically. Mm. C.A. Smith, either Mid-90s or Bandersnatch, but Ooh. Green Book was the best nominee. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Got different opinions over there. Austin Keller, out of the movies nominated for Best Picture, I'd say the favourite out of all the movies out of 2018, I'd say Burning. 
Burning's an awesome mm. film. It's a really good pick. Over to Mackenzie Lambert, film worker. I said to him, have not even heard or seen or anything of this film. And he said, it's an amazing documentary about Leon Vitali, who was the personal assistant to Stanley Kubrick. So that's been bumped way up my queue. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Over to Muzi. Green Book was the best of the films nominated. Another oh. controversial opinion. Mashley at the movies said Lean on Pete. Never even heard of that. Red Red Podcast said Leave No Trace, The Death of Stalin or Shoplifters. The Death of Stalin. Interesting. Crazy, eh? I like that film. Did you not like it? No, I wasn't a fan. <laughs> it wasn't for me, yeah. It wasn't for me either. Sean Garricty said The Hate You Give. And I almost completely forgot about that movie. That movie is phenomenally good. Moves us over to Facebook. Cole Burmester said Waterworld. It's like a glimpse into the future. <laughs> Cheers, Cole. You're the man. What a world. Is that from... That's not from 2018. <laughs> no, oh, it's a joke. Yeah. There's the Stacey moment. There's the Stacey <laughs> taking it too seriously moment. Oh, I love this. <laughs> Typhoon when we watched the thing said Roma, obviously. And fuck, I agree with you, man. Completely. Yep. Not the only one that said it. Emma Pottinger and Adam Sarank also both said Roma, 100%. Who is Adam Sarank? Adam Sarank is spanky. <laughs> Spoiler alert. And talking about other awesome human beings, Kevin Clark also said Roma. So Kevin Clark is one half of the Karaoke Big E podcast. It's a karaoke podcast. It's phenomenal. It's so different. It's basically people go on there, they sing different songs, and then put them out there to the world. Wow, that is interesting. I have to listen. It's awesome. Saving the best for last, basically, though, is Nick McAllister said, I would have picked Making Love on a Piano in Front of Glenn Close, starring Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. That deserved Best Oscar right there and then. A lot of people went for Roma. It's a great film. Yeah. Would yeah. you say oh, that It's got a... subtitles, so no, you're not going to watch it's this. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's it. That's all the answers we had. And that takes us down to the end of our podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hey, I want to thank uh, these two for uh, being here. <laughs> and I'm just thankful we didn't have to listen to that for the last hour. That would be <laughs> yeah. Although it's been painful for the minutes that we have listened to it. <laughs> it has. Cheers, man. And thank you, first of all, to our Patreons, Emily Higgins, Phil Johnson, and Julio, as well as our other mini Patreons. Especially you, Tara Maholik, who's created her own rung. And <laughs> but yeah, if people would like to get a hold of us, how can they? Well, the best place is probably Twitter at Movie Reviews In or on Facebook at Movie Reviews In Twenty Qs. Or send us an email at MRITQS at gmail dot com. That's correct. And how can people get a hold of you, Machu? Well, we can um <laughs> Meet me and Sam down at KFC every Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday night. That's correct. <laughs> we'll Sunday the, mornings, bro. We're the fat bastards eating the massive boxes <laughs> by ourselves. But unlike uh, Tony in this movie, I'm not sharing shit with anyone, even a fucking drumstick. <laughs> and that's uh, goodbye for me. Bye. Cheers. At four beers. Better not start taking your clothes off. Do you know what? I was actually thinking, I'm really hot. I should just take my T-shirt off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even kidding.